I'm Troy Washington from KTBS 3 and we welcome you to Education Checkup. We look forward to sharing the positives and the challenges of our local schools. We will talk with education leaders, teachers, and community leaders, letting our community know what is happening and talking about ideas to share between schools in our community. We will have new episodes every Monday and you can find KTBS Education Checkup wherever you listen to podcasts. Let me introduce to you my co-host, Dr. Philip Roseman. Now you have been passionate about education really all your life, but specifically for the last 25 years. So why is education so important to you? Well, Troy, I think uh, education is important to me personally is what it's done for me. I do believe that an American dream, I believe it's real, and I certainly think I'm part of it. And I think education brings opportunity to children and families uh, that I've seen and continues to this day. Uh, I was thrilled when KTBS 3 called and said they were going to do something to share the stories of what's going on with education. Uh, and also some of the challenges of education. Uh, and I think it's something really great thing that's the bringing to the community. Today we've got some, uh, what I call the West Shreveport success, success story uh, here. Uh, I have two principals, uh, Lynn Gardner. Lynn is a Shreveport native, uh, but went off to Big Bad Texas for a while. Uh, <laughs> and uh, stayed in the big city of Houston for a long time before she came back to our hometown, and we're glad you did. Uh, you're the new Westwood principal, or has been for, for uh, the last couple of years, and uh, it's just uh, amazing, actually. I, I don't know any other way to say it, what you've done as far as looking at the object, objectivity of your scores and what's been for the children. So going from a school performance score of 31 to 47, that's a wow. huge, difference and it means a lot. It may, it's why they gave you a grade A uh, in growth in the formula and uh, why you're recognized as a top, uh, a top school in Northwest Louisiana by the Louisiana DOE. So thankful, thank you for being here. Thank you for coming back uh, <laughs> to our community from your hometown. Really is proud that you're back here with us. And I'm glad to be here. And I also have Dr. Matthew Mitchell. Okay. Now, uh, same thing. I mean, amazing <laughs> results at Huntington. Uh, going from a D school to a B school. For people who don't watch that as close as I do, yeah. trust me, that is a major, major change uh, and a major improvement in schools in, the, in our west end of our, our city. Uh, you've increased student enrollment. That's hard to do. Uh, because we, uh, we're somehow decreasing the number of kids overall in there, and you're increasing yours at Huntington. Oh. So that must mean something. Uh, and uh, I know you've increased 300 students since about 2018. So your district school performance score, obviously same thing, monumental improvement. Um, I do think you're a big black and gold fan from best I can tell because you went yes, all sir. the way from college yes, to master's to doctorate all in Grambling University. So, Grail fam, yes uh, sir. I bet you're a fan. So <laughs> listen, I, again, thank you for being here uh, and we want to share with others some of the success of, of, of uh, your schools, Westwood and Huntington, uh, and we really want to pick your brain uh, about how you got there, okay? So the first question I have is, is sustainability. Because oftentimes we see schools that go up and then 
down, and then they have to come up again, and there's not a sustainable improvement of, of, of performance in the, in the schools. Tell me how you make the kind of performances that y'all are doing sustainable. Ladies first? Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> well, um, one of the things um, that I know has contributed to uh, the sustainability improvement has been uh, strong leadership. And when I say strong leadership, I speak of the entire leadership team. Um, so um, I've been blessed to have the same leadership team in place uh, all five years that I've been at Westwood. And so to be able to train with that same team um, has been truly paramount in um, the sustainability of our growth. Uh, it's a reflective staff. And so sometimes reflection is really hard because you got to look at yourself. And so sometimes that's really tough. But we have one of the most reflective teams that I've ever seen. Um, it's interesting because when we got our scores back this year, one of my fifth grade teachers came in and she was looking at her scores and she turned to me and she said, oh, Ms. Gardner, you know, yes, the scores are good, but I didn't do my best last year. I can do better than this. And these are some of the things that I'm going to do this year. So they are constantly reflecting. Um, so that's a huge uh, part of just being able to sustain uh, constant improvement. Um, and then just collaboration, uh, you know, having conversations with one another about what's going on um, in different grade levels, I think has just played a huge part in uh, being able to just sustain continuous growth year after year. And so, um, I don't know, Matt, what else? Well, um <laughs> Our story is a little different <laughs> because I have not had the same uh, leadership team or, or administrators over the past five years. Um, some have been promoted to, to, to principals and, and other promotions, which is a great thing. So I feel like for Huntington, the way we've been able to sustain is really putting our processes in place uh, for success. So of course, having, having great teachers is definitely the first step. Uh, and we do have some amazing teachers. But really the processes of what happens as soon as a student steps on, on your campus, you're, you're, you're tracking them to make sure they're coming to school every day, uh, they're, they're performing well in class. Mm -hmm. um, we try to build a relationship, a positive, a, you know, a positive relationship with our students and our parents. Uh, so we can really kind of talk to them. If they start falling off, we can get them back on track. Um, but someone has to watch that and monitor that and look at it. So we constantly have to have processes in place to make sure our students are performing well. And mm -hmm. I think it's amazing. You, go, you guys are both locally grown. Mm -hmm. And we talk a lot about the teacher shortage and principal shortage, just education shortage <laughs> in general. Right. But how do we get people like yourselves to come back home and teach and just love it? Yeah, you know, just have the passion that you guys have for it. How do we do that? Really just knowing, I mean, it's hard. I mean, if we all had the answer, we probably wouldn't have a shortage. <laughs> but, um, you know, but I, but I can say really just, just trying to um, promote and um, I don't want to say brag, but, but really just let people know what's going on in the school. Like, every school has some great things happening on a daily basis. But if the community as a whole doesn't know about it, if, if, if our community d doesn't know about it, then you know, how would they want to come be a part of, of, of what you have going on? So 
I just think promoting the school, promoting the positive things that are happening, and really just, um, I mean, education is the key to every other profession. Like, uh, we're, we're, we're trying to build our own teachers now. Like, we have an education rising class. Mm -hmm. uh, so our students are actually having a chance to, like, build lessons, uh, teach lessons to each other, uh, go and observe our teachers teaching, go to other campuses and observe teachers teaching. Uh, and hopefully when they graduate, they'll have college credit and be able to major in education and come back and be a teacher at Huntington. I'm going to claim that. <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps it's representation as well, because if they see that, you know, you went to school here. I did. You mm -hmm. went to Grambling. Yes, And look where you are. You know, so if mm -hmm. they see it as tangible and it's like, okay, he did it. He's from the same place that I'm from. Right. I can do it too. Right. And I think another thing, um, teachers are some of the most powerful recruiters there are. And so when there are amazing things going on at, you know, Huntington or great things going on at Westwood, the teachers are the ones who sometimes go out and do the recruiting. You know, okay. come to my school. You know, we're doing some amazing things. It's fun. I love it. Mm -hmm. And so I found that to be one of the most powerful uh, recruiting pieces that, that there is. And I can't and I can't not mention um, student residencies now. Uh, mm -hmm. We have residents every year on our campus from anywhere from LSUS, Northwestern, uh, Gremlin, uh, Louisiana Tech, surrounding schools. They actually get a chance to spend a year on our campus. Uh, you know, teaching and learning, teaching them and them learning how to become great teachers. Um, you know, it's just amazing. So I know in the past two years, I've hired um, several re residents who actually came to my campus. So that's a great uh, opportunity uh, and a great, you know, way that we can find teachers. And we're going to hope you use this podcast actually to go out and uh, tell your uh, people at your school, the, the parents and others, about what's happening at your school. Yeah. Because oftentimes mm -hmm. parents don't know. They have their own world. They don't know all the great things that are happening, even in their own uh, uh, child school. So Absolutely. That's, that's something I think that we can look forward to. Let me ask you, obviously, there's been a culture change. Okay, So there's been a culture change at Huntington, a culture change at Westwood. You don't get these kind of changes in scores and improvements without a change in culture. So I like... And if you want to do ladies first again, you can do it either way. Ladies first or men first, but it doesn't matter to me. All right. Talk a little bit about great school culture. Is it the gentleman's turn? Well, it I is. thought I just went first last time, but I'll go again. Uh, culture is so important. Um, and I'm going to tell you, the, the biggest way to change, uh, you know, the way we changed our culture was really teaching our expectations. So... Uh, the first week of school, we we come in and we actually model, we teach lessons, uh, we really kind of prepare our students for what we expect of them throughout the year. Um, I, I feel, you know, I can't control where the student came from. They come from a lot of different middle schools, a lot of different schools, maybe outside of the state. So we have to teach them the way we expect them to, you know, behave, the way we expect them to become a part of Raider Nation. We have to teach that. Uh, so we do that, you know, the first week of school in the midst of, of, of starting starting our lessons and all of that. But we have short um, videos and PBIS lessons where, where we kind of teach our expectations. From there, if the students understand what you expect, I mean, they're going to meet it. 
I mean, without a doubt, like we have some amazing kids. They come up with some amazing ideas. Uh, they kind of help us teach our expectations. Um, we kind of hold them accountable for their behavior and them showing others how to behave and how to and how to and how to become a part of our of our school and our and our culture. So uh, it's really kind of amazing. Like like once we have our you know we have Raider Court, which I can talk about that forever, but it's really. Uh, an opportunity for our students to mentor our seniors, our juniors and seniors to mentor our freshmen and sophomores. Uh, they actually kind of um, use restorative justice to kind of keep them on the right track and teach them their, their, their expectations. Uh, so it, it, it's really a powerful thing when it's positive peer pressure coming from uh, other students, not just the adults, but other students to, to be successful and, and you know, to show them how, show them a better way and show them our way of how to be successful. Now that's, that's really interesting that I read a study recently <clears throat> basically said that the key to graduation for, for children not to drop out is the number of credits that they get in their freshman year, how they do in their freshman year. Mm -hmm. More important than any other time. Right. Uh, and using your seniors or your juniors in order to mentor or help uh, introduce them to Raider Nation, you know, uh, certainly it's an interesting idea. Uh, and, and we have a freshman academy, so our freshmen kind of stay together. Um, we keep them together with a wonderful group of teachers who do an amazing job of ensuring that they're successful. It, it is really an adjustment for a lot of students coming from the middle school level to a high school campus. So those teachers meet weekly to ensure that they're staying on top of their grades, they're doing well. Um, I mean, they know the students, uh, which is so important to us. Just building positive relationships with students is a major factor of why we're so successful. Um, but they stay on top of them, and they ensure that every freshman that comes in is leaving that, that, that hall or leaving that year with at least six credits. Super. Your turn. Uh, Tell uh, us oh about the God, culture of Westwood. He said so many things uh, that I could just re reiterate. <laughs> um, but I also think um, one thing that's played a huge part um, in the shift in culture and climate is trust. Um, so people do what they say they're going to do. Um, um, and I think that that stems from um, the transparency, amount of transparency that has happened from top down. Um, I think teachers seeing the leadership team members in the trenches, uh, they're not, they don't feel alone. Um, and so we go in, we also teach, we coach, uh, we deal with the behavior issues that teachers are dealing with as well. And so once a teacher, always a teacher. And so uh, I think that that has truly contributed to the positive culture and climate uh, on campus, not to mention some of the marvelous things that, that uh, Dr. Mitchell just shared um, with making sure, you know, that kids, kids feel connected. And so that connectedness is a huge part of uh, how we do things at Westwood. And when I say connectedness, um, they know that there is somebody that they can come to every single day on campus, no matter what. Um, I can remember uh, getting a cold two years ago, and this was right after COVID, um, to come down to our A-wing, because that was an upset student when I got there. His fists were balled up, he was really angry, and so I walked him out on the hallway, and we went and sat on a picnic bench, and I asked him what was wrong, 
and he was so angry that he could not go to the hospital and visit with a cousin who was shot the night before. And so the fact that they're able to open up and they feel comfortable sharing, you know, traumatic experiences like that, I think speaks to uh, the positivity of the, the culture and climate. Well, let me just feed off on that because I think it's a very interesting thing. And we've heard this a lot during the time that's about social and emotional needs. Um, we're still recording. I'm going to stop real quick. You dropped your mic on the ground. So we're we're <laughs> to record off of his. So um, I don't really know what happened, but it, it fell. And we'll just cut this portion out where I'm walking across the camera. Okay. So. Right. So, yeah, so just pick up with what you were just saying, start over, and then we'll keep going. Okay. We're still going. Okay. Okay, and y'all going to edit or whatever you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, okay. All right. Um, you know, let me just feed back on, on what you were talking about, and something we've heard over and over again, I think, in, in these talks is about the social and emotional need component, especially now coming off of the COVID epidemic and all of all that was involved in that, uh, from absenteeism to problems with physical problems and, and, and then mental needs and lack of connectedness, and we can go on and on and on mm -hmm. about you know, what, that, uh, what that time, the negative aspects of that time. So now we're hopefully past the worst of this, mm -hmm. and hopefully. we're back to um, what I would say school, uh, you know, real school with people in it. Um, uh, tell me how, um, how you've dealt with this social and emotional issue. I know that's kind of a soft thing, so elementary school is one thing, high school would be something entirely different. I mean, so how do you deal with those, th those issues? Oh, I'm going first again. <laughs> take turns here but what he's kind of mentioning to me we've heard this concept a lot but the whole child yes and that's something that um, I think it's evolved mm -hmm. after the pandemic mm -hmm. right. looking at how they're affected mentally emotionally physically and how that all impacts their success in the classroom right and that I think that just speaks back to um, if you're familiar with uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs where those physical needs have to be met first and then we move into uh, the social and, and emotional. Um, a lot of our kids come to school hungry. Um, sometimes uh, breakfast and lunch may be some of the the main meals that they get out of the day. If they're hungry and they come to school late, the natural thing to do is, is make sure they have something to eat, mm -hmm. to feed them. We have a clothing closet um, that we really try to keep stocked um, just to try to take care of those basic needs um, that they truly come to school with um, every single day. Um, when we talk about some of the emotional scars um, that we're seeing post-COVID, I can remember on the very first uh, day of the year that we got back from COVID, uh, several staff members and I attended the funeral of one of our parents um, who had died from COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, and so to try to maintain um, some of the connectedness that we needed to maintain with that family and with those students, um, making sure that we were providing them with uh, counseling services, um, spending time outside of school with them. Uh, there are teachers who were taking them to um, air you just to spend time with them um, so that they still had some sense of normalcy. 
Um, we do have a program um, in cattle that we're uh, uh, using that addresses a lot of the trauma that we're seeing um, um, in schools. And that program um, is starting to help our teachers to really understand how to deal with some of the trauma that we're seeing because it's not just COVID. You know, we, my school is in a very high crime area. And so, you know, our kids have experienced, you know, losing parents um, through violence. And so we see that, you know, so often and have to even, you know, to, to help kids who are so young try to maneuver through something that's that traumatic. Um, and so just again, making sure that we're extending grace um, in these situations, but that all, we're also receiving, you know, the training that we need to be able to help kids deal with those different emotions and anger that they're experiencing from some of these events. Or even how do you guys navigate some of the teachers who may be mentally just a little bogged down? You know? Yeah, so that's, so that's kind of, you know, to piggyback on, on what my wonderful colleague said, like, yes, you do need to extend grace and that, and that comes from adult, for adults as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know if the community and the world really understands what teachers had to deal with when we start, started school back and we came mm -hmm. back to work. Um, there's not enough uh, money, uh, even though we should try. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't know if, if, if we can really understand the impact of what teachers were we're, we're, we're dealing with not only from their students, but personally hmm. coming back to work. They have, they all have families. Um, it, everyone was touched by this pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so to have to come back in, students lost years of instruction. So students were behind to try to catch students up, to try to be there for them, um, for the whole child, mm -hmm. not just it, not just for their education, but just for their life in general. Mm -hmm. uh, but then also to still support themselves, support their family. Uh, it was a tremendous task, but it really also showed, showed how awesome they are. I mean, um, they really handled it with grace. Mm -hmm. um, they handled it with perseverance. They did not give up uh, to show growth or to show improvement in a time where where they were already starting behind the eight ball was really just amazing and it's a it's a, a t testament to how to how dedicated and how talented the teachers really are yes. uh, in our in our parish and our schools uh, but really kind of worldwide to you know to to open school back up to get school back started and to have students really back to uh, nor normalcy yeah that's a, you know that's an amazing thought both of you on, on the culture and the changes and the dealing with the whole child and, and all that. Let me ask you, how do you celebrate success? Because y'all have had success. <laughs> so we, we were on a downer here on the COVID pandemic, but let's get back right. to the really positive <laughs> stuff. Right, right. And, and talk about your successes and telling the people in your community about the successes and how do you do it at school? Right. Um, we just try to, well, we try to celebrate everything. So. <laughs> Uh, not only using social media platforms and, and trying to get the word out uh, to, to the community and, and to uh, our, our parents and, and other students, uh, but honestly, like just personally as far as celebrating teachers, um, we, we are always trying to acknowledge them in any way we can, whether that's um, feeding them lunch, uh, the best way, you know, 
to a person's heart is through their stomach. So, <laughs> yes. so, um, so, so, you know, exactly, exactly. So, 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 so trying to take care of them that way. Um, and, and honestly, no one just has all the money in the world, but it doesn't have to be monetary gifts. You know, it's more just the thought um, of, of, of acknowledging what they've done uh, trying, trying to give them some breaks here or there, mm -hmm. uh, trying to make sure that they can support their family, uh, just means the world uh, to our to our staff. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so we just try to do all we can to make sure they know that they're appreciated and loved, and um, and, and they kind of show that back to us by treating our students extremely well. Absolutely. So let me ask you this: Now you're talking about celebrating, but. People who are he they hearing this and seeing this, you can see that she has a lot of school spirit. She does. <laughs> she, she got she, the red in the book, so she's celebrating, right? Yeah, she's making me feel and they bad. can't see underneath the table, but we got the sparkly kicks too. And, and, yes. I got, and I was supposed to get some, but she looks like the she's on the Wizard of Oz. So <laughs> I'm gonna let her have it. But, but she I, is definitely showing. It's I'm long. sure that radiates it when it comes to you know that success that we were talking about. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know. Dr. Mitchell was mentioning celebrating everything and even small increments of growth. Um, social media is a huge platform for us. Uh, last, well, two weeks ago, um, and attendance is one thing that we've really been pushing. And so there were three consecutive days where our students were, we had 93 to 95% of our students at school. And so the end of that week, we celebrated with a, a student ice cream party. So everybody got ice cream. And do you know that that following week on that Tuesday, we had another 97% attendance <laughs> day. And so just celebrating everything um, and recognize staff members in weekly emails. Um, they celebrate one another. They, they are so competitive anyway. And so they are constantly um, cheering one another on. But I, I have to um, reiterate everything that uh, Dr. Mitchell was saying. That is so important to recognize our staff and recognize our students. As a matter of fact, on November 17th um, at 530, we're doing a huge uh, community and campus-wide celebration to just celebrate all the growth from last year. And so students are being recognized, teachers are being recognized because it it is a monumental task um, yes. to, to move a campus, and I mean continuously move a campus, and so they absolutely deserve to be recognized, and we're gonna do it in a grand fashion. So explain <laughs> to me, what exactly will you be celebrating? So just give me the explanation. Um, well, um, he alluded to it um, earlier. Um, we're celebrating the LEAP uh, scores. Right now we have the um, preliminary scores, and so we are so excited about those preliminary scores because they have just shown, oh my goodness, so much growth. Um, the number of students that scored mastery and above um, doubled in some categories. Uh, the number of students who scored basic and above in math, ELA, and science almost doubled in a lot of those categories. And so there's so much to celebrate um, around the growth in our state uh, assessment data from last year. And so that evening, that's what we'll be celebrating. 
That's amazing. <laughs> You're going to enjoy those uh, students when they get up there to you. Uh, I, I definitely will. Uh, <laughs> I mean, really, really, I'm trying to see how we can just go ahead and fast forward. Uh, <laughs> you know, to them coming. Maybe yeah, I'll come well, down and eat some ice cream. Yeah, get some ice cream. Yeah, I'm going to come down and eat some ice cream. Come on over. No, but seriously, like, um, I, I don't. I don't necessarily know all of the history, but I don't know the last time we've been ranked a B school uh, officially. So last year was the first year uh, with the simulated scores that we found out we were going to be, you know, a B school. So this year, when the when the scores drop officially and we're a B school, uh, ju just know that everyone's going to get tired of hearing us say it. So we're going to try to put it everywhere. We're going to. I mean, it really is a party, and that's something that our students really. Um, I felt as if they could achieve and they wanted to achieve and I mean they're not done so we're, we're satisfied with being a B but until you know until we're 150 you know we're, we're gonna keep working at it um, you know but our, but our students are so excited um, yeah I'm just ready for them to drop we, we've kind of known a little longer than the elementary and middle school so yes. so so we you know so I, so I can't just give them ice cream but we are definitely gonna party I promise you. I promise you that well tell us about your magnet components that's a uh, law I think um, uh, two couple of other magnet components. it is it is so so the law magnet program is our oldest uh -huh. um, can't say enough about it they produce several local uh, lawyers and judges uh, and they do an amazing job of, of, of coming back and really supporting our our law program, but our school as a whole as well. Um, but we also have a business magnet component um, that is teaching students how to not only uh, market their business, but also you know how to really really run a business uh, to start a business. Uh, so a lot of students take take advantage of that program. And then STEAM is probably our newest magnet program. Um, and, and it's really just because of the demand of, of what our students were interested in. Uh, so now we're kind of gearing that program towards Cyber Society with a partnership with the Grambling State University and Cyber.org. Um, Why did you I know, not think so? You know, um, you know but, but, but they're doing, doing an amazing job um, teaching them about cybersecurity and, and some other uh, jobs within the STEM world. Um, but all those programs have uh, associate degrees attached to them, uh, which is which has been amazing, um, amazing opportunity for our students. Uh, it's really just just been amazing for our community. Uh, but just having those opportunities has really kind of attracted a lot of students to our school. The uh, dual enrollment you have, I man, think. it's it's amazing. Yeah, you have a lot of dual enrollment, don't you? I have a lot of students who take advantage of of, of our dual enrollment opportunities. Uh, we were recognized by the by the state board of regents uh, for having seventy five percent of our students graduate with at least um, you know one dual enrollment class. Um, you know, of course, I want to make that a hundred percent. But, but we were the largest school to accomplish that. Uh, most were kind of small private schools, uh, but we were we are uh, you know a semi-large pu public school, and we were able to uh, get our students across that milestone. So that's a real big deal. We had six students graduate with associate's degrees last year. Um, can't tell you, or can't emphasize how good of a feeling that was to have students. Uh, cross the stage with an associate's degree a week before they cross the stage to get their high school diploma. Mm -hmm. um, 
but this year, uh, you know, six, six was awesome. I mean, it was our first year with students who graduated with associates, but this year we plan on 10 seniors graduating with associates and three juniors graduating with an associate's degree. So it's going to be three juniors who are still going to have another year of high school who are already going to have an associate's degree um, under their belt. So honestly, I'm jealous of them because I really <laughs> truly wish we had that opportunity when I was in high school. So for us to offer that to our students is really just amazing for me. You gonna hold their diploma if they don't go to Grambling? I, I, I thought about it. <laughs> um, you know, and I'm not gonna say too much, but most of our students graduate from Suzla. Um, so it's real hard. <laughs> Uh, to sit through a Southern graduation, uh, being a grandma night, but I'm so proud of them that I, that I do it anyway. Absolutely. Well, you know, I was going to let you know, I said HBCU fam, mm -hmm. since you were saying grand fam, I went to Prairie View a &M, Okay. So. Well, I'm yeah. sorry, but I forgive you. <laughs> you I'm know, just playing. I'm just it's playing. Okay, it's okay. Don't add that. I don't know if they should add that. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> no, but, but, but it really is special, though. Um, mm -hmm. Like, and my sister went to Southern, so I get to mess with her all the time. <laughs> uh, you know, so I can't. Friendly, so, friendly. Yeah, yeah, so I can't hate Southern at all. Um, but, but I mean, but that's just, that's just a true, I mean, man, like, I, I really would love to have experienced that. Like, they can graduate from high school, go to college with at least two years already in the that belt. That really puts them ahead of the so if they So if they get yes. tops, if they, which all of them are going to qualify for tops. Uh, they have four years to finish their bachelor's, get a master's for free, possibly even, you know, these juniors are going to are gonna leave us with probably three years of college done. So they may even graduate with their doctoral degree um, all for free. So it's a, it's a great opportunity. But, you know, the good thing is that you're helping them do it in a smart way. Right. So, like, you've taken right. everything you guys learned and passing it along to them, they can do it quicker. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. That's right. And once they understand that, it's, it's, <laughs> the sky's the limit. The sky's it's the powerful. limit. Y'all talked a little bit about uh, the, sa the safety issue that's on everybody's mind now. I mean, obviously. Uh, and uh, uh, talked about uh, what goes on in different neighborhoods. And those neighborhoods come to school. Those children mm -hmm. come to school. Uh, and what happens in the neighborhood you know, happens in the child's life. Mm -hmm. uh, so how are y'all, the how can you be the oasis of safety or the the place that they can feel comfortable? Safe haven. Right. Mm -hmm. um, to kind of piggyback on what Ms. Garner said earlier, <clears throat> um, building or, or having someone that they can talk to or feel comfortable talking to, building those positive relationships is truly the key to them trusting um, trusting us and trusting their teachers to know that they have their best interests at heart. Uh, as soon as you have that in a child, they'll do anything for you. Mm -hmm. um, you really don't even have to fuss at them too much because they know they, did, they, know they did disappointed you or they know uh, they might not have done the right thing. And they'll be telling you, like, you know, I know I was wrong. I'm not going to do it again. Um, you know, I know I, I know I wasn't supposed to do that. Um, I don't know if that's always the case outside of school, <clears throat> but I do know that school is kind of the, you know, sometimes the start of what is going to teach them how to be successful when they graduate from us. This has really been great uh, talking with such success stories in education in our community. And our community is proud of you and thanks you uh, for what you're doing. Um, in very difficult time. 
I mean, no doubt, very difficult time in education, as you said and you alluded to, too. You know, it's been a difficult time in education for all of us, and and yet you're 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 thriving. Thriving. Yes. That's a great great word. Thankful. Absolutely true. Uh, so thank you for that. And, thank uh, you. Absolutely. Just going to leave you with one last question. Just okay. just uh, uh, can you give some words of wisdom to parents? Okay. And then words of wisdom to our community about the schools. Uh, I don't know who wants to start first. Um, there's a, a, a simple message um, that I would share with parents in the community surrounding Westwood um, that even post COVID, you know, our commitment is still the same. That when kids come in our walls, that we do our very best to make sure that we're giving them what they need um, to build their confidence, to build their self-esteem, and then to prepare them academically and social, uh, socially so that wherever they go, whatever they do, post-secondary, um, that they're equipped to go out and just be productive in society. And so that's our goal, it's, it's, it's really simple. It's just, it's just to make sure that they are equipped um, to be productive in, in society and do whatever it is um, that they have dreams to do. Um, we're all Title I schools, um, and the textbook definition for Title I um, is that um, our kids are at risk for failing. Um, but the message that I shared with our parents um, at back to school night was that textbook definition is certainly not our definition for our kids because we believe that our kids can do whatever they put their minds to. And so that's the message that we constantly preach to them and that's the message that we want our community to continue to carry for, for our students. Tough act to follow. It is. Uh, <laughs> I, I really, um, man, you got me fired up. <laughs> um, seriously, but like, like our, like my words of wisdom would really be um, kind of kind of piggybacking on how you started this segment. Um, allow our children to dream. Um, mm -hmm. Like that's so important. And if we allow them to dream, but not only dream, give them a plan on how to reach their dream or how to, you know, obtain that that success and really, hopefully, beyond what what they would have even dreamed or imagined. Uh, it's kind of what we, uh, it, you know, it's kind of what our goal is every day we wake up and go to work. Um, when I shake their hand and hand them their diploma, I want them to not only um, believe but know that they're going to reach their dream, they're going to reach their goals, they're going to be able to, to be a productive citizen, uh, that they're, they're, they're going to have a great family, mm -hmm. um, and, and hopefully they'll send their child back to Huntington. Um, but I would never want to limit anybody or limit anyone's dream. So so my words of wisdom to parents, to schools, to our community is to let kids dream, but also show them how to reach their dreams and how to be successful. Absolutely. Well, it's I been a pleasure it. having it has you guys been a pleasure. talking with you. With that being said, we will have new episodes every Monday, and you can find KTBS Education Checkup wherever you listen to podcasts.